0: to the royals rundown podcast presented by royals review if you want to keep updated on all things kansas city royals please go visit royalsreview.com you can also find them on facebook and on twitter if you want to keep the conversation going with us you can do that too on spotify you can respond to our polls and question and answers if you respond to the Q and A, we will read your response on air in the following episode. So let's go ahead and do that before we bring Jeremy and our special guest in today. We asked you, the listeners, what can we do to make the podcast better. You know what? It is. Uh, we're about to hit the off season. It's going to be a going to be a weird time trying to run a, a baseball podcast. So I'd, I want to get some opinions from y'all, and we did get a couple of answers. Uh, Royal Rupert was very kind in his response. He asked. How can you improve perfection? Do, uh, do appreciate that, Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jack, I don't think I've seen a response from him before, so that was kind of cool. Jack said, it's already a great pod. Maybe more MLB talk outside of the Royals, but keep it up, guys. That is a, that is a fair point. I, I didn't even think about it. There's a lot of historical things going on in baseball that we don't even touch on um jeremy i know some of your heroes are just doing great things out there in uh in baseball land right
1: I'd Shohei Ohtani otani would would definitely be a love of mine if he were a royal <laughs> please i mean this there's no question about that i think <laughs> please, like, please i think that right. for most people yes that is very true like even yankees fans are like if he was a royal
0: i would really
1: love that guy <laughs>
0: yes Exactly. Hey, one more one more housekeeping thing before we bring in our guests for tonight. So on September 4th, we will be releasing an episode with Royal Royals Reviews Preston Farr. He will join the show for a very special prospect episode. We always enjoy having Preston on and he continues to be a great asset if you want to keep tabs on all things in the Royals farm system. Now let's go ahead and meet our guest tonight. He runs the Royal Deluxe podcast and is a moderator on the Casey
2: Royal subreddit. He is Michael Lux. Lux, how are you doing tonight, man? It was good. Um, I know I don't think either of you guys live in Casey, right? So no, you're no. you're not suffering the. I don't know what the weather is like for you guys, but over here, um, dear God. that's all i've heard about man i'm pretty sure it's been like 105 the entire week Uh, and and, yeah on the flip side uh tomorrow and friday the highs are going to be 40 because my computer reads celsius
0: oh (laughs) that is terrifying yeah that is terrifying well how how many
2: uh, sorry, I, it's just that you said you said I'm a, sub, a like a, a Reddit moderator, and suddenly I was like, man, that is so uncool to be described as.
0: <laughs> it's a big subreddit, man. I I enjoy it whenever I hop in. Yeah, I'm not I like mean, that.
2: You're talking about like Preston, and Preston does like incredible stuff. He's like, you know, the, the the second coming of Royals Farm, who's you know also incredible. But all the coverage he does for the minor leaks, and then it's like, what do I got? I got like some anime stuff going on on an internet board. <laughs> That vaguely has something to do with the Royals.
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with anime. Yes, we do not discriminate against anime on this podcast, Lux. You know that. This you is why it's know the only that. podcast I ever get invited on. <laughs> 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 no, man, we we love having you on. That's but right. hey, let's. Uh, we do uh, we do appreciate you joining us tonight. There are there are a few things to talk about with the Royals. That is not a completely uh, dearth of uh, of Royals news, but. Lux, before, before we move on, do I have to ask
2: how many times this week have you heard oh well at least it's dry heat it ain't wet heat <laughs> you know, I actually don't even know if it's uh, if it's dry heat, although for, for what it's worth, I don't go outside all that often sometimes I I, you <laughs> know, I, work, I work at, even even for work, like I, dry, I I work at night, so I have to go in late at night, drive home early in the morning it's still hot, which isn't good, that just <laughs> no. shows, shows how hot how hot it is during the day, but
0: Oh, man. All right. All right. I, I had to ask that before we move on. So we are going to touch on the new stadium details that we got earlier on this week. But first, as always, let's go ahead and run through the transactions and just give an update on the on field product first. Um, so on the 22nd yesterday, Zach Greinke got activated. He returned and he made his first bullpen appearance since 2007. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, he pitched four innings after on hell Zerpa had a terrible start and Granke only gave up two hits, no runs and five strikeouts. So, Hey, listen, if, uh, if the bullpen's the way to go for Zach Granke, I I ain't going to be mad. Jeremy, how, how do you feel about that?
1: He, he also passed Roger Clemens for a yes. uh, unique batter struck out. So that was pretty cool. Um, puts him fourth in MLB history behind uh, three really big names in uh, Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, and Greg Maddox. Yeah. Of course, Roger Clemens is a pretty big name in history, too, to pass him. Um, but, yeah, I, if that's the way forward, then that's the way forward. Maybe he benefits from being the bulk man uh, with a true opener instead of an Angel Zerpa. I'm not sure Angel Zerpa belongs on the Major League roster. Um, uh the the corresponding move, I believe, was Dylan Coleman being demoted back to Triple A, yep. which makes a lot of sense because he has been uh, less than good. Bad,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, bad. I guess that's word for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I I'm all for let's let's get a little bit more Zach Granke success. Let's celebrate him as much as we can uh, for the final kind of month and a half of his career. Yeah. Probably,
2: Lux. What What do you think, man? He's Zach Renke is exactly forty strikeouts away from three thousand. If there's still hope that that could happen, unlikely. He'll probably be at like twenty nine ninety six, knowing him. But still, <laughs> he had six, like what, five or six strikeouts in four innings. So you know, yeah, he's, five. Yeah, he's, he's in, accelerating his pace. For what it's worth, maybe there'll be there'll be some big late season shove from him, where he just maybe no reason to game. keep him in the bullpen. Yeah, that's that's true. Launching 94 mile an hour (laughs) heat. Knowing him, he
0: just have like a 93 mile an hour change up and still a 60 mile an hour curveball. That's (laughs) I think that's how he got one of his strikeouts yesterday was just this really slow looping curveball like. He, he gets it done most. He gets it done sometimes. And it's really cool to watch it happen because it, it gives hope for the every man like, hey,
2: I, too, can be an MLB pitcher. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially if you're playing against the Oakland Athletics, which, yeah, you know, I, I'm talking crap, even though they beat us twice. <laughs> so I don't know. But if you're. Whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that was I mean, that was kind of the redeeming factor of today. The the Royals avoided the sweep to the athletics, which I think that would have been a very different podcast episode if we were talking about that. Um, but Jeremy, I know you were ecstatic. Your, your boy Cole Reagan's out there on the mound having 11 strikeouts.
1: I I think, I think we're, I think we're getting back together. Um, I'm very yeah. excited about it. We are so back. Uh, yeah. 11, <laughs> 11, strikeouts and six innings, two hits. I don't think he walked anyone. Nope, no, did he? he didn't. Yeah, uh, 11 strikeouts, no walks, will play every single day of the week. Um, of course, Rex Hudler sitting there going, yeah, you shouldn't be striking so many guys out. But really, the problem was, uh, you know, with his pitch count. And this is always the case. The problem with the pitch count is not it's something else. Sorry. So um, so 11 strikeouts, no walks, uh, two hits. That's a good day. And, and the pitch count thing, it comes down to he threw a lot of balls, threw a lot of first pitch balls, which was. A little disappointing, a little frustrating, but um, and I wasn't watching it closely, so I don't know how accurate this is. But Ryan Lefevre was saying that uh, the, the the strike zone was maybe a little small today. Um, so I, I it's hard for me to say one way or the other, but he was throwing a lot of balls in there. If he if he could avoid throwing quite so many balls, then he'll strike everybody out and, and pitch plenty of innings. I mean, there's a reason guys like Verlander and Scherzer and DeGrom strike out. 10 15 guys in a game and they still go seven innings it's because you can strike guys out and keep your pitch count low if you're not giving up lots of hits lots of walks throwing
0: lots of balls so lux i i am going to completely derail the podcast let's go ahead and get this out of the way real fast um so jeremy shared a rex hudler gem with me (laughs) yesterday um Let's see, Jeremy, do, do I go with the do I go with the one that I sent that was from earlier this week or the uh, the big difference one? Which, which one do you bold think? Multiple choices here. I, I think
1: you got to go with with yours. I honestly I found the one that I put in there just because I was browsing through that Twitter uh, account. And like, what else is Rex said? Because it came from a things Rex has said Twitter account. Yeah,
2: I did not know this existed. know, <laughs> right. How did I not know that? I am just ah i needed that in my life so rex said on monday and i quote
0: you make the plays you're supposed to and then you make the plays you're not supposed to that ends up good big pause <laughs> thanks rex that's that's the expert analysis we come for i'm purred happily like that's big <laughs> parks and rec vibes um I I cannot say the other one that she sent Jeremy no. <laughs> quote four and a half inches makes a big difference. Thank you Rex, we we appreciate that. That's We're waiting on
1: FCC fine. Of. I'm still my favorite is still the one from earlier this oh season gosh. where he's like the manager is like your daddy. You got to please him, make him happy. <laughs> just just the things Rex says sometimes. I love I to be clear i love rex. I, I enjoy rex yeah. so much He he's a lot more fun when the team is winning yes but i love rex regardless yes. and so i i laugh at these things
0: hopefully not at him but with not, him. not, not in a critical,
2: critical
0: way. way oh my gosh and i i i can't say the other one that, that you sent in there because i still can't believe he said that about michael massey um <laughs> Let's let's go ahead and keep it rolling on the transactions, so we'll we'll get back over there. So like you said, Jeremy, Dylan Coleman was the corresponding move to Zach Granke coming back up. Um Dylan Coleman is back down to the Omaha Storm Chasers. Going to have a little bit more on that here in a sec. Just give me one moment because we have to talk about Brad Keller. He's back,
2: baby. Oh boy He's back in double A, Northwest <laughs> Arkansas
1: maybe they'll swing at his pitches there maybe not counting on
0: it
2: (laughs) but i mean even if he is rehabbing he can't come back to the major leagues this season because he's on the 60 day right but i think the 60 day
1: goes back it still goes back to when he first went on and he was on that rehab assignment for 30 days oh i thought it was because that's why they pulled him off the rehab assignment to begin with so i think he could come back but I don't think he's gonna.
0: Yeah, it would be like, it. even if he could come back, I think it's like a three or two week window if I'm doing my math right. It's not a, there's not a reason to bring him back. I'm very much, every, it seems like the consensus is, can we just move on from Brad Keller? Like, can we, can we just yeah. end this mercifully, please? Because I'm, he wasn't doing anything in Omaha. He wasn't showing any signs of getting better. He was doing lots of things. They were just all walking back. Yeah, they were so
2: just all bad. He wasn't doing anything good, but he was okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you. He
0: wasn't doing anything to benefit his team. Benefit the other team, yeah, sure. sure. But not uh the Omaha Storm Chasers. Now the naturals have to put up with him in their bullpen. And I got I got two more, two more quick ones because there was actually some notable minor league transactions that folks should be aware of. Um, first, Jake Brents. We haven't heard that name in quite a while. He began his rehab assignment for the Naturals as well. He last pitched for the Royals on April 29th, 2022. Uh, he missed most of last season. He's, he's not going to appear in the majors this year, probably. He's still rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. Uh, but he's on a two-year deal, so he is under contract for 2024 we could definitely see him back he was very good in 2021 um so i am excited to see that but the other one i'm a little sad to see see him go um jeffrey del rosario was released by the naturals he was a former top 30 prospect Um, top 30 guy in 2019 and in 2020 if i remember correctly the royals poached him from the braves after they had that whole snafu where they had to give up a whole bunch of international prospects um and i i have to credit this to royals farm because he pointed it out del rosario has put up decent numbers for the naturals yeah um he had an 11.25k over 9 a 3.12 ERA, and 39 appearances like he was he was working for the naturals um the only thing that i can see is he was rule 5 draft eligible this upcoming winter so if the royals which is what i suspect they did with brewer hicklin if they weren't going to protect him in the rule 5 draft they just went ahead and cut bait said okay we're we're going to move on but lux i i could see those i could see those gears turning
2: yeah but like i mean if you're if their concern is that another team might take him why just you know give up right away. Like maybe a team won't take him like a year or two ago. We all thought Austin Cox was going to be uh, taken in the rule five draft. And he wasn't, I don't, that's I don't true. Know. Like yet. Jeffrey is, Yeah, I, he's still like what? 23 or so. And he, he's and still always, fairly young. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah. Cause he was an in- international guy and the Royals got him when he was still really young in his pro career. So I don't know. It's really weird. I always heard he had decent, he had decent numbers. There, maybe there's like some on off field stuff that happened that that maybe so be that thing. was that was my first thought was it must have been off the field stuff
1: when i saw his stat line but i can i can maybe if i squint kind of see what jacob's getting at maybe um by cutting him you know by trading brewer it's not like they got anything back they got cash which is probably like a dollar <laughs> um because that's literally what transactions are sometimes Um, so by trading him, they gave him an opportunity to try and kind of try out for another team system, um, ahead of time. And, you know, maybe that boosts his chances of making it to the big leagues. Maybe, Um, so maybe it's a similar thing with Jeffrey Del Rosario where they cut him and somebody else can, can sign him and see if they can get anything out of him, uh, before the, the, you know, the end of the year. And they just couldn't find anybody who was willing to pay a dollar for him, which seems weird, but it's possible. I think.
0: I listen, you you gotta do a lot of squinting, Jeremy. I got a lot of tinfoil stuff going on in my in my head for this episode. So uh you uh you go and relax your eyes for a little bit. We're gonna take a quick ad break. Coming up on the other side of this, I uh I have another conspiracy to defend and I'm going to shock Lux and Jeremy with it. Plus we react to the stadium renderings and all the updates we got from that. Stay tuned. And we're back here on the Royals Rundown podcast. Jake Milham here with Jeremy Greco and Michael Lux of the Royal Deluxe podcast. So, guys, I am. I, I will say this: I don't know why I've not been a fan of this um, Kyle Body movement amongst the Royals fans. you y'all, y'all know who who he is. I actually, yeah, the he's the 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 that guy. Who, who, who is he? Looks, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, okay, so he is. Um, he, wow. Why? Why am I blanking on his freaking bio? <laughs> this is your conspiracy. Oh, my, okay, listen, listen. He is it's the mind rays. They're
1: using the mind rays to erase. it. Oh him. my gosh. <laughs> who is Kyle Body? Who am I?
0: <laughs> no, it's Drive Line. Yeah, right? Drive Line guy used to be with the Cincinnati Reds. Um, oh, okay. very much like. Uh, he he's been fairly critical of the of the Royals at times this season. <laughs> not just this season, but yeah. Well, yeah. That's that this is the first time I've started paying attention to him, to be honest. I'm just just not a fan. So I started looking into like, okay, I I hear about driveline all the time. I hear how it can be a saving grace for for pitchers out there, both at the major league and every other level below. And I was wondering, okay. So what Royals, we, we heard about all these Royals pitchers going to driveline. What's the, who are the Royals pitchers who went to driveline this year? The only, and granted, I'm still, you know, still trying to look through social media, still trying to find if I'm missing something. The only three major league pitchers I found that went to driveline this offseason were Brad Keller, Dylan Coleman, and Zach Greinke. <laughs> I didn't know Coleman went. <laughs> that, is that kind of surprises me. What here? Here's my conspiracy. What do all three of those have in common compared to 2022 and 2023? They all got worse. They all got
2: worse. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. no, like you could just say he got old.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's the, that's the frustrating part. There is a, like a a normal baseball explanation for why they all regressed you know dylan coleman just lost a little bit of velocity so his arsenal he lost is a lot of is- velocity for what it's worth. exactly exactly um zach Greinke, he's just getting old brad keller it's just normal wear and tear he was bound to regress at some point right
1: and he's been on his way down if you look at his uh sean dukirk shared a, a graph of his war over the years it's been consistently on a downward spiral ever since his first season yeah
0: that that it has but my i think where my mind sets on this is they were you know zach granke had a had a sub four era last year at 38 and now we're now we're getting this from zach granke Dylan Coleman looked like the future of the Royals bullpen and now he can now he's on his second demotion down to Omaha. And Brad Keller, I'm I'm sorry the the initial numbers for Brad Keller look okay, but his his FIP is bad. The walks are crazy. I still think he's in like the top 5 for walks on the Royals right now and he hasn't pitched since May. He is I, there are a few times that I like to say this about players. I just think he's broken. There's
2: something, there's something wrong, and he just needs to hit, hit a reset on it. I do want to pop in. Sorry. Uh, Brad, yeah, go ahead. Second in the, on the world staff and walks. Thank you. He's given up 40. The leader is Brady Singer, who has pitched about a hundred more innings than him.
0: And it's,
2: and it's, been accused of struggling with his control.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm I'm going back to the articles talking about because Brad Keller and Zach Grenke they were lauded for these new additions to their arsenal to start off spring training in the year, and now hindsight is 2020. But where did those new additions to the arsenal get them? It got it got them nowhere in in results. And it's only proven to be worse for the Royals. I personally am of the mindset that Dylan Coleman might have lost some velocity because he added a cutter. Sometimes working on a pitch and trying to use that pitch in game situations can make you lose a little bit of velocity. Can take a little bit of bite off your other pitches, if you will. So, Jeremy, I would like you to react to this first. Am I am I reading too much into this? You, You could say yes you can kick me out of the call if you want i don't know man
1: you know i think there might be something to it um unless we want to say that cal eldred was actually a good pitching coach and we were (laughs) wrong i don't think we want to say that um the the other thing i want to say i I do want to say about Uh, a possibility for Dylan Coleman is they introduced that pitching clock this year. And I don't know how long it took him between pitches last year, but I think a lot of guys, or at least some guys have seen their velocity go down because they can't quite, uh, you know, refresh between pitches and just haul back and, and fire in. Um, I know a lot of people were predicting injuries and that didn't end up happening, but I think the velocity thing might be real, but, um, You know, the first big driveline success I can remember is actually Chen Ming Wong uh, from, I believe, the 2016 Royals. It was 2016 or 2017. 2006. And. Yeah. And he, you know, he picked up a whole bunch of velocity from while well, he worked with them and he was a, a reasonable major league pitcher again, completely lost that velocity again by the end of the year. So this would not be the first example of somebody going to drive line, walking away, being like, I'm a new pitcher. I'm ready to go now. And then it doesn't stick.
0: OK. All right. Lux, what do you think, man? Um, hmm.
2: You yeah, the the pitch clock. I do think does affect it. Cause I do think Brad Keller said that it affected him, which is weird because he's not like a slow pitcher. He never had an issue with tempo or yeah. anything like that. So I don't know, maybe there was more of a mental aspect of having to keep his tempo under control that affected him. Like um, I'm going to shout out another Royals podcast run well way. At some point they were talking about Brad Keller and kind of looking at everything that Brad Keller had said over the season. And it's almost like, it's like too much information for him. Maybe like he's trying all these new different things and then there's other rule changes. And then of course injuries are piling onto that. It's like, maybe it's just, I don't know, an overwhelming amount of stuff that he has to handle and he's not able to do that. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Saying it's drivelines fault might be a little bit extreme. I don't know if that would be the case, but there are definitely are some difficult to pin um, reasons for why these guys are, not performing up to expectations i
1: think it is eminently reasonable and i don't think anyone would argue um at least when it comes to royals pitchers that driveline has not been a complete and total panacea like they the, the guys go to driveline they think they're good and they come away and and eventually the positive results diminish yeah. or just don't ever appear i remember you know i wrote early this season oh hey brad keller looks like he's fixed and i was all like driveline must have done a great job with him and then you know it, it lasted about a month yeah, he was great in spring training um, so he I, was
2: what's that he was, he was really really good in spring training
1: So, uh, so a few months then it lasted a month (laughs) into the season, but yeah, so there's obviously there's an issue with uh, either people cannot uh, continue doing whatever driveline is teaching them or they're losing whatever it is they got from driveline because they're not going to driveline consistently. I, I don't know what the case may be, but I think we can all agree that driveline results are have never, at least so far as I can tell, been proven to be permanent.
0: And I think that's the I think that's the thing where, and that, that's one thing that rubs me the wrong way is drive line has been lauded at times as a as a silver bullet, if you will. Like it's like, hey, it's the 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 work is done. This this person is fixed. And I I don't, I don't know their whole roster. I don't know everyone who's gone to drive line in the past at every level. But I'm saying on the Royals and the Twins as well, I did some research into guys that I found that went to driveline from the Twins this past offseason. I am failing to find a pitcher who has made notable gains that are sustainable over a season or just changed their career trajectory as it is. Driveline, driveline has a bunch of good success stories of guys coming back from injury or guys that have been kind of fringe MLB players that have been like on the independent scene stuff like that. They have a lot of those success stories and, and good for them, but we're not talking about them taking a average MLB starter and elevating them above that. I have not seen that personally Um, guys. I I've seen you both Google it a little bit over there. I am I am curious, Jeremy, have you found anything in regards to that? No, no, uh, I was
1: thinking, you know, I I thought that I could there was at least one like big success story that had lasted and I was trying to look up, but my computer doesn't actually feel like doing
0: that. Right Ooh, now, so. What about you? Uh, what about you, Lux? What you got?
2: I actually wasn't looking up what you were talking about. I was okay. wondering if it was related to like the, the theory that kind of goes on with the rays where. The, the pitching devs that the Rays have also it's like synonymous with a lot of injuries. Like there are tons of Tommy John surgeries coming out in the Rays organization. And so yeah. I was thinking about how, I don't know, maybe the stuff that driveline is also injuring guys in a similar way. I, I'm actually not entirely sure, but I want to believe Jake Brent is also a driveline guy at some point. Mm. That, I the, could be wrong, but I wouldn't be, be surprised.
0: I forget who is. Oh, the the recently acquired Joe Barlow, not not to be confused with Scott Joe Barlow, that the Royals just got a couple weeks ago. Now um, is literally one of their uh, athlete testimonials, if you will, on their website. So there's a so there's another one. And um, who's,
2: who's dwindled over the past couple of years?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things. I just I I can't find it and. I'm not saying that it is Dry line's fault. I think it is. I think there might be something to look at. Maybe they are doing something in their facilities that is not replicable on a MLB field or cannot be sustained over a, an entire season because there, there's no way to you know, put your body through the rigors of an entire MLB season in an off season and be ready to go. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there, there might be something there. I, I do want to do some more research into it, but my initial reaction is not great. Truth be told, if you know what, I've been surprised by who actually listens to this podcast sometimes. So I, I will put it out there. if, um, anyone from Driveline, or if Kyle Body himself would like to come on and explain, maybe some of the things that I am seeing, or educate me more on the process, I I'd, I'd be more than happy to to do that because I'm I don't I don't to the jury, please <laughs> <laughs> order in the court. <laughs> but that is uh, that, that's my conspiracy theory, guys. It is I don't know. It's it, it's kind of out there. I don't know if I want to run with it. Nothing there. I've heard worse. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we, we've all heard worse. Definitely. Well, hey, let's go ahead and take a quick reset. Lux, do you have anything else to add? I'm sorry. I saw your mouth open. <laughs>
2: no, that's OK. My mouth just opens okay. sometimes.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, hey, let's go ahead and take a quick ad break coming up. We are going to close out the show talking about some of the stadium updates that we got from Tuesday. And we got to we got to talk about our Royals review reviews. Stay tuned. And we're back here on the Royals Rundown Podcast. Before we get back into it, please follow the podcast on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod so you can never miss an episode or any Royals news. Also, please support our guest today by following his podcast on Twitter at Royal Deluxe Pod. That is R-O-Y-A-L-D-E-L-U-X-P-O-D. But let's get on with the Royals. All right guys, so we got we got our big fancy renderings, we got our big promo videos from the from the royals. We got our um what what was the term? It was it was a vision realized. They realized two visions though. Correct. Right. Um and I'm not going to There's a side of me who wants to get back into some of the nitty nitty gritty on any new stadium. We've talked about that before on the pod. If you want to go and read up on it a little bit more, Craig Brown put out a great article this morning on it, talking about it, because... These are the details that we need to be reminded of in this process that can be lost after we get the pretty pictures, you know, seeing uh, seeing fans waving flags around, which I don't think I've ever seen that in Kaufman Stadium <laughs> in, in the renderings. They had at least like two dozen fans waving these big Royals fan flags around walking into the stadium. And I'm like, that's that's a little excessive. I, uh, I don't believe that. Um, all right. But before I ask for you guys' opinions, let's get some of the down and dirty. So the Royals put out their future vision for each of the possible locations, one in the East Village and one in North Kansas City, both different counties, both different, very different setups, very similar price tag. Um, The Royals have estimated the development would cost more, more than $2 billion split between the stadium and the surrounding ballpark district. Um, the downtown one is more of a a business centric one, if I recall correctly. And the North Kansas City is more of a residential centric one. I think uh, I think the term I heard was they want to hide a baseball stadium in a park or in a like, you know, in a suburb. Thank you. That was the that was the word I was thinking of. Um, let's see here. There, there were some interesting little, uh, little tidbits here. But Annie Rogers, of course, she's she's always on on top of things regarding the Royals, and she she put out a good, detailed thing. Um, the size is very, very different. I knew it was going to be, but I didn't expect this big. The East Village one is twenty seven acres, which is still a lot. The North Kansas City one is ninety acres of land. It's got a full park. It's got a it's got a lake. Um, it is. I much prefer the North Kansas City renderings to the downtown ones. But I I understand that that's a that's kind of a drive that's really out, out of the way um, to go up to North Kansas City. Lux, I want to get your opinion on this first, since you are you actually live in Kansas City. So you probably got a little bit better of a gouge on this. Um, what were your initial thoughts on the on the renderings and what the team put out this
2: week? The renderings, um, I'm kind of surprised that they just kind of they they literally just used the same rendering of the downtown stadium that they put out last year. It's the same exact one. Thought. Yeah, which um, sh- su- surprises me. It's kind of like um, someone just went into like novel AI or Stable Diffusion, just a computer put a baseball park in a vaguely city-like setting and make it about the Royals and then boom there it is it's like okay I guess it makes sense Uh, and that's kind of also how I feel about the North Kansas City Stadium but I I try not to take the renderings too seriously they're not final designs hopefully you know if this goes through or the the team's kind of operating as if it will or like it's just going to happen no matter what so hopefully in the coming months and years, we'll actually have discussions with them. And, and when we talk about like, Hey, if you're going to make a new Royal stadium, here's what's got to happen. Here's what we expect in it. We need more fountains. We need more stuff, <laughs> all that, all that good stuff. Um, the locations are and in and, and the location. Also, like, like again, the downtown stadium they're putting in an East Village. Okay, we've literally known that for like years at this point. J. E. Dunn owns that area. It was always one of the final, you know, like one of the main selections they were looking at. It's like not a surprise that that's what they're looking at. The North Kansas City area, I don't, I don't entirely know. It's fine. Isn't that just basically like North Downtown at this point? It's like it's not that big of a deal. Um, Probably it's a drive. So. You say it's a drive, but it's not really going to be any more of a drive than Kaufman is at, as it is right now. Like. So I'm that's that's there. true,
0: that's true. But I I do want to say like that's that's one thing that they can correct with a new ballpark is that's been always been a gripe that I have heard is how removed Kauffman Stadium is. It seems. Um, I I don't know how much the North Kansas City site would alleviate that, but like you said, it on a map at least it does not look that far away from the uh, the downtown site as it is. Jeremy, I want to I want to hear your thoughts as well on uh what we heard this week. What you got?
1: So, of course, I don't take renderings too seriously. There's um I I this is kind of semi-quoting Craig Calcatera, but um you know, there there's always compromises that have to be made when you're when you're turning a, a render into real life um and and these are not just renderings these are renderings for you know they haven't even selected a site yet allegedly i am 99 percent sure that they want east village and they're just playing with north kansas city to try and get leverage but uh you know we'll see how that works out um and the one thing that struck me about these renderings as i was looking at them is is like lux was saying you know the there's not enough fountains there's no crown vision board um, you know, uh, Kauffman Stadium is not obviously as iconic as Wrigley or Fenway, but it is very recognizable as the home of the Royals. Like you glance at that and you know, and and there's been a lot of uh, people making fun of the Rangers. They're like, oh, you guys play in an abandoned Costco because their stadium has no identity. And these stadiums look futuristic and fancy, but they don't have an identity beyond that that is interesting to me and there's lots of futuristic and fancy looking stadiums out there i just would like something that has a little if if they're gonna do this and let's be honest they probably are whether i like it or not i would like there to be a little bit of personality to that stadium. Something that, that tells me this is where the Royals play, but it kind of also goes back to the, to the home run celebration complaints I've had where it's like, okay, you're wearing a gladiator mask. What does that have to do with this team? Whether it's the Royals, whether it's a player on this roster, it's just, it, it it's, it's very generic to me. And this also, these renderings also scream very generic to me. Um, And of course, they gave us a whole bunch of phony numbers the first time uh, anybody matches up with those economic impact numbers will be or or the next time anybody matches up with those economic impact numbers will be the first time. Um, It's just it doesn't happen. And and they're going to keep pushing it because that's what everybody does. And I'm going to keep reminding you that it doesn't work that way. Um, Not you. Jacob, but you the (laughs) listeners um even though you all probably know that as well as i do at this point um it's not it's not a secret anymore no but um you know as we've kind of discussed politicians or as i've mentioned before we've seen in other cities where politicians just don't even give the public an opportunity to shut it down they're just like nope we're doing it And, and they do it and and uh um into the fountains uh i've forgotten his Craig name he, he yeah he he wrote about that today uh a little bit too where politicians they like having the benefits that come with you know being in good with the sports team owners which i don't blame them i'd like those benefits too if i'm being honest but yeah so it's and there's all this like oh the the tax isn't popular in clay county they'll find a way yeah there's always the way I mean, and we've seen this with politics in general. I don't want to get too deep into that, but we have seen it in politics in general where a lot of politicians find ways to work around uh, the wills of their constituents when they want. So um, stadium is going to happen. It's probably going to happen in East Village. It's probably going to be very planned um, and I'm probably going to hate it and it's probably not going to actually change anything for me.
2: Lux, do you agree with that? Yes, I don't want to, but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, listen, I'll, this, is, this is probably the last word we should say on politics. No one, you know, a, a whole lot of folks don't like listening to politics and sports. Isn't that what they say? Shut up and dribble. Um, but no one wants to be the mayor of Kansas City that lost the Royals to Nashville yeah. or another team. No one, no one wants to be that. So they're like, you said, Jeremy, they're going to make it happen. And then-
1: mm. and he's already, he's come around. Like I, yeah. I wasn't there. So I'm, I'm kind of going on secondhand information. But my understanding is he, one of his campaign things that he kind of talked about was that the Royals need a new stadium. Like I need a new Maserati. Um, And, and now he's kind of supporting it. So it's just the way it works it's not anything to be like oh this is he's evil and awful i saw somebody was like vote vote these people out it's like you vote them out and you're going to replace them with someone who will make the exact same choice and this is this is regardless
0: of political party this is just how it works yeah that's that's true all right, Lux, I'd like to get your answer on this first. Just based off of the renderings, not looking at the quote unquote economic impact or anything like that. If you had to pick which of the designs you would go with, which one would it be? North Kansas City or East Village? I'd go with NKC. OK, all right, Jeremy, what about you? Which one was the one with like the the whole like side that was all glass
1: that you could look through? I think that was North Kansas that was- City, maybe was that the north kansas city one i thought it was the east village one but that one because that almost sounds like something interesting (laughs) it also sounds like uh, a good way to just like set fire to things accidentally so (laughs) i expect that that won't actually happen but uh yeah that's the one that that looks slightly better to me
0: I I before I say my answer, I do want to say this. It annoyed me how both the scoreboards just seem to be like magical holograms in the renderings.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I was like, what am I looking at a stadium from like a hundred years from now? What are
2: we doing? You know what? I didn't notice that until he brought it up, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I I remember when the when the renderings came
0: out. It went like this time last year. The first go around, we're all dissecting like, what players have they used in the renderings? Why is Salvi there? Is he gonna be there for a new stadium and things like that?
2: Sorry, they didn't invent more people to uh, play. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know I know, right? Something. I, truth be told, i I would want to go with the North Kansas City one. I feel like that's a little bit more of a. Uh, it's a little more unique. I guess not just the ballpark design, but also how it's set up. It's much more of a, a baseball campus, if you will.
1: Is the, the East KC one, is that the one that has the, the hotel in the outfield? I believe so. Let me, let me, I'm I'm not a fan of that at all. That sounds like a thing that they'll be like, yeah, that's actually a big security problem. We can't do that.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to, let's see here. See, that's the and Jeremy, you you touched on this and I, I probably should not be bringing it up again, but they they put out these full these full on presentations over each site. Right. And like I want the map that Sam McDowell put out, you know, saying, hey, this is where what which one will be on each site. No, you scroll past the first two slides and it's all these the the phony economic numbers that are sourced from two random places that you've never heard of. Literally the the sources for one of these is visit KC. Okay. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to inflate some numbers so we get some more people here. That's how it works. Excellent. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. I'll, I'll move on, but no, it's, I prefer the North Kansas City site. Personally, I think it's think it's prettier. I think it's a little bit more welcoming, if you will. Um, I have not one update. I have not heard is parking because we all know how important parking is to people at the new stadium. I, uh, yeah. you, I heard you just build I a heard lo- that they were going to have a
1: lot for at least 4000 cars
2: in either location. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all hard but to build that, a parking lot. Y'all No, it's not. No, it's people like really freak out about this as if it's it's, it's, it's a complicated issue it's like dude it's fine guys i don't know it sounds like it's a complicated issue out
1: at kaufman because of the whole like you got to use the app that's true gosh
0: yeah but it's if it's just like people don't understand parking garages or they don't understand like i know here in here in norfolk our big scope arena where we have like they have like hockey and like all the major events and stuff like that. They have an underground parking lot yeah, that can hold yeah. like 6,000 cars.
2: Yeah.
0: It's, it's have, massive. Uh,
2: that's what they have in Cincinnati. Oh, really? One, one random ballpark I've been to. That's how it works over there.
0: <laughs> but they're, they're, they're going to figure that out. Okay. It's, I think a lot of people are, are grandstanding against the stadium hiding behind parking issues or like, I don't want to go downtown because it's unsafe. Like it's, I, I hate to break it to you. It's really not. Yeah. Trust me. It's still Kansas. City. I mean,
1: you live in America. It's already unsafe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. they
2: like, I love Kauffman. I, I absolutely do not want Kauffman to go away. I'm not endorsing that at all. But I do hear lots of arguments like for why Kauffman should stick around, as if it's like this perfect stadium. Like one one argument I was reading uh earlier today is like, oh like oh we're gonna have to walk through the city and like walk a mile because there's going to be no parking. It's like you you already walk a mile if you go to a Royals game. You park like <laughs> half a mile away from the stadium. It's a long walk, dude. It's not convenient and. Like I went to opening day this it's easy to remember. It's easy to forget this because Royals games aren't very packed nowadays, but when they are packed, (laughs) it's actually not an easy way to get in and out of the stadium. I went to opening day. It sold out. It took me like an hour to get into the stadium and I got there early. I was there like two hours early. I was stuck on Blue Ridge for like 30 minutes because Blue Ridge is a really small road that does not handle thousands and thousands of cars very well. And well, thank goodness he- a mile away from the stadium because
0: there was that many people there. Did, did you park at the Denny's, you know, since that's the only thing out there?
2: <laughs> well, it might have already been burned down by that point.
0: Oh gotcha. I don't, I don't <laughs> remember when the Denny's burned down. <laughs> that is a very historic moment sure. in Kansas City. I'm going to need to
1: figure that out. Here's a conspiracy th- theory for you. They burned down the Denny's so that there wouldn't be anything oh, by Coughlin's. No. We'll build you a new Denny's <laughs> if you'll let us move downtown.
2: The true villainy of John Sherman. <laughs> How dare he? Not the Denny's. No! I can't believe this. Out of out of all the
0: like restaurant chains to have near Kaufman, how appropriate <laughs> is it that it's a Denny's? It's, awesome. it's just a a subpar breakfast joint. That's <laughs> all it is. Oh, my
1: gosh. Oh, my goodness.
0: All right, guys. All right. We have
1: <laughs> it's iconic, you know, to Royals fans to look out in the outfield and see that Denny's <laughs> sign, though. Like I have mem- I have memories associated with that. Like
0: it's a little nostalgic for me. And it's there no longer, Cyril. What a yeah. All right. Well, hey, on that on that happy note, let's go ahead and roll into Royals review reviews, shall we? Um, we shall. Jeremy, do you mind starting us off?
1: Sure. Um, I'm going to give you this week, uh, not an anime, but an animated television show. Okay um from amazon prime called invincible yes uh, yeah i just recently watched i knew about the first episode twist which i will not spoil for anyone else who has not yet seen it because you deserve to not know that twist before you go in but i had a feeling based on what i did know about the show that it was going to be uh this might be dating myself a bit kind of happy tree friends-esque where it was going to be like take a kind of a popular aesthetic and then just put lots of blood and gore in there and just be like yes this is good isn't it and i i wasn't really here for that um but i had a friend who just kept asking me knew you need to watch it you need to watch it you need to watch it so i finally tried it i'm six episodes in i have not yet finished it um but uh i really get vibes from it and now here's where i'll mention an anime i get more vibes that are more like death note than happy tree friends um not in the sense of you know it's it's very different from death note but this idea of like characters working kind of against each other and mystery and intrigue and you're not really sure what's going on um that kind of vibe and i'm really enjoying it quite a bit um and i i can't wait to to watch more of it and it, it gets a great
0: man you're, you're, you're gonna love it i i love that show so much the
1: only the only complaint i have is i was watching it on amazon prime and of course it's Got the autoplay turned on, right? So I watched episode four, and then it just starts playing episode six, and it gives you the the what? last time on. Oh, no. And it was like, so it spoiled all of episode five for me, basically, before I figured out what was going on. And then I had to, like, go back out, and I had to go search Google for Invincible episode five, and then click the link, and it took me back into Amazon Prime and played it for me. But it wouldn't play it directly from Amazon Prime. It was very weird.
0: That does sound very weird. All right, hey Lux, you'll uh, you'll close us out here in a sec, but I do. Uh, I have to give a negative review of uh, Brent Rooker. All right, I, I I can't I can't stand the man. So I took, you know what? I'm I'm all about trying new things and writing, getting out of your comfort zone. So like, you know what? I'm gonna put out a betting article. On the Royals, the Royals versus the athletics battle of last place. And what, what were Jacob Milham's picks? Okay. Money line, Kansas city seemed good, good value. Nope. They lost. Okay. Well, if they don't lose, they're at least going to cover the run line, right? They're not going to lose by more than one and a half runs. Right. Right. (laughs) And then the nail in the coffin was, or the nail in the coffin. Uh huh? Was I bet under eight and a half runs. And in one freaking swing, Brent Rooker just ended all of those. So I look like an. Next time, go for it. Next time you place
1: bets on the Royals, I need you to tell me which bets you're placing so that I can do the opposite and make some
0: money. Okay? I'll do that, Jeremy. All right, Lux. It's your turn, man. We got one positive, one negative. What you got for us?
2: I I at least want to shout out Happy Tree Friends. That's I'm a little (laughs) too young for that. That was the stuff that my older sister watched. But I do know what that is, and I really my face just lit up when you mentioned that. I'm like, (laughs) yes, dude. Anyway, um, haven't heard that in a (laughs) while. So I don't have a like a like a traditional review, I guess I kind of want to do like a little bit of a rant or so, which is, uh, okay. People should support live music. That's my review. Live music is great. Go to concerts, go to concerts in small venues because they're awesome. Yesterday I was at a metal show for this band called Johnny booth. Uh, so if you want like an actual review, uh, listen to their album moments elsewhere that just came out like last month. It's if you love metal, if you love metal core, It's got everything on it. It's got volume. It's got noise. It's got just intensity. It's got some melody as well every now and then. It's just such a freaking solid album. So I saw these guys live and it it was just great. And I'm really passionate. I've become like really passionate about going to concerts lately because I feel like it's not a very healthy industry right now. It's just because streaming services, they don't pay anything. Even the rich artists complain about this. Like, like people got mad about Taylor Swift pulling her music from Spotify. She's like, well, it's not paying enough money. It's like and everyone's like, well, well screw you, Taylor Swift. You're rich. We don't, why, why, why should we care? She was actually right, though. She actually had a point to make. Um, so if, if she's complaining about it, then imagine if you're someone who only has like 50,000 listens a month on Spotify, then. Yeah. And then you, you know, go on a tour because everybody thinks, well, you make money from tours and stuff. Okay, well, this one show I went to cost like fifteen dollars at the door and including, you know, the band itself, opening bands that were also playing people who work at the venue. I'm pretty sure that fifteen dollars is less than one dollar for each person who actually worked this show. Who the hell is making money? And this is a venue of like two hundred people on a good day. Where the hell is the money coming from in this? There is no (laughs) way this is a profitable sort of thing, and it's unfortunate because it's not a matter of it's not it's not like people are not interested in this. It's not like there's no passion put into this. People care, and people will show up for all this. It's just so difficult because of the way things have just kind of continued to exist for the last couple decades, where you know people who don't involve themselves with these things um, or who. people who shouldn't involve themselves with these things are making these uh, terrible decisions that just hurt the artists. And eventually at some point it's going to, going to hurt the fans, but if yeah. there's any, any, int- any artists you're interested in find out if they're on tour, uh, just keep tabs on whatever small to mid sized venues are in the area. Check them out. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I just love, I love going to shows. Um, I just love the noise. I love the physicality of shows, especially like rock and metal shows. It's always a t- uh, super fun time.
0: Okay, all right. Well, th- thank you for the rant, Lux. Do do love it here. Hey, if if folks want to hear more uh, more rants from you on uh, on Twitter, where can they where can they find that at?
2: You can go on to my uh, more personal Twitter account at the MFNKC. Or if you just want to hear me talk about actual baseball stuff at Royal Deluxe Pod. And of course, my podcast is Royal Deluxe Podcast.
0: Yes, and you can find that podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, please go go check it out. Lux is always putting out new content and staying very, very up to date. And we know about, trust trust us, we know that on a losing team, that is not an easy thing to do. so thank you so much for joining us tonight lux if you if you want to see more or hear more excuse me from lux you can find his links in the podcast episode description down below plus you you know where to find me and jeremy at by now i mean come on if if you're still listening to this episode you know you find jeremy on twitter at hakaius that is h-o-k-i-u-s find me on twitter at jacob milham kc And you, most importantly, you find all your Royals news and updates on Royals Review, RoyalsReview.com, or on Twitter and on Facebook under that same name. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this Wednesday evening. Hopefully, uh, next time we get together, we've got some more winning ways to be talking about. Uh, But for everyone out there listening, thank you so much for your support. And until next time, go Royals!